With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I ain't going to play my coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Steelers Nation, NFL fans alike, and welcome back to the Black and Gold NFL Recap, sponsored by Frank Walker Law, and brought to you, of course, by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. My name is Matt Searles, your host. I'm joined, as always, by Saba. What's going on, buddy? Welcome back. I was standing during our national anthem. They were playing Renegade, so I, I don't, I don't know what you were doing the whole time when Renegade was on, but I was standing. I couldn't have. I wasn't holding hands with anyone or crossing or anything like that. I don't know what you were doing. You want to tell me what you were doing during Renegade? I during Renegade, I was uh, laying down and clicking on a bunch of tabs, and so maybe not the most respectful thing. Jeez! But <laughs> I'm that is our Steelers you. national. You all right? I'll see if I can get someone to to pay my fine because I definitely can't do it. Ready, so ready, I'll well. see if I can get. Yeah, we'll get we'll get Fred back on here, pay my fine. All right, everyone. So this is our first show back since the draft. Um, as OTAs are kind of kind of right in the middle of OTAs, and they're going to pick back up on Monday. Uh, the team usually has we have nine, and that last one is they kind of head to Dave and Buster's and everything. So we're kind of right in the middle of OTAs before we get that dead period before training camp. So we wanted to get a show in, kind of give our thoughts on the NFL draft as a whole on the Steelers draft, get everyone caught up on the news that's been coming out around the NFL this past week. And yeah, we're just going to go from there. So Sabre, since it is, Oh, let's go first before we get right into it. If anyone wants to call in at any point during the show, um, to give your thoughts on, you know, the draft, any NFL news, everything Steelers, you all know the drill. Go ahead and call. That number is 347-850-8581. That's 347-850-8581. Or 
or if you have any questions but you don't want to call in, uh, we've got a post up on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Just leave a comment down there, and I'll be sure to check that during the show. All right, Tabo, so let's jump right into it. Uh, give me your initial thoughts on – let's start with just the Steelers' first-round pick when they took Edmonds. And we're not going to spend a ton of time on this. We'll dive more into the rookies later into the show. But I just want to get your initial reactions on first Edmonds – and then kind of what your mindset was as you saw the rest of the draft unfold. You just want initials BS. Yes. That's initials BS. <laughs> that was your you weren't a, you were a, you were a fan then. No. I, I, when we were doing I said I thought Edmonds was the wild card in the draft for us because they saw him as a possible inside linebacker. So he would have been the fifth linebacker, inside linebacker, that would have been drafted. Uh, by right. safeties, I had him as a, a fifth best safety coming out. So you're getting at 28, you're getting the fifth best safety or the fifth best inside linebacker that can cover so they know more than I do, but they don't. Uh, Tomlin. <laughs> right. Did you, Tomlin, did you know Tomlin, about his? There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano or when you want a big two-toned cookie or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Oh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tomlin thinks he's the smartest man in the room. And when he <laughs> likes, he likes someone. Really, Colbert's the smartest man in the room, but... I think that's what it came down to. Um, their stupidity was uh, they don't do the draft, like go through the top 28 teams and see what the other teams do. That's what they tell us. They say they put them in order from 1 to 28. Yeah, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. So you might have to, have to move around. Yeah, they, they had no idea. Then they said they had targeted Evans was their number one target. Then they should have moved up. You got the extra third-round pick for Bryant. You should have moved up to get him. You would have had to move up all the way to 20 with Detroit to get Evans and everything like that. So we would have had to trade your third-round pick and – I would have did our our third round pick the um, the second third round pick. Yeah, hey, hey, Sibu, you're I'm a little get a little interference from here, and you might want to move to a, to a different spot. You can get a little reception. All, all that sounded like you were getting uh, a little How about now? Some, uh, How about now? Now, now it's still still kind of the same. Let me let me go down and get talk for a second. I'm going to go down and get another phone. Uh, sounds good. Maybe, maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's something 
I know he has one hand. We can't. He guy can cover. He'll do anything. I can't. There was another linebacker that was there in the fifth round. You had a possibility of a kid named Avery. Oh, the other linebacker was available in the third round was that Josie Jewell from uh, Iowa. I would have picked one yeah. of them. Then you got Marcus Allen, who I think it probably was the best run stuffing uh, uh, safety going. You can't beat that. You got your running back who can play every position, can play wide receiver, running back, fullback, H-back, tight end, special teams, Samuels, great pick there. Uh, then our last pick is just a throwaway. Uh, Frazier isn't going to make this team. I, if he makes the team as your sixth, he'll never dress unless someone gets hurt. He's going to be a practice squad. I know he played uh, for Dunbar and everything, but I think that was a wasted pick. There really wasn't anyone great there. Maybe you would have picked, you know, Matthew Thomas, the inside linebacker there. But that was the only the only two bad picks. They're the offensive lineman in the third round. I would have gone with one of the linebackers, Griffith, Josie Jewell, even um, Avery in the third round, and that would have been a fantastic seventh round. Okay, I can I can live with Frazier. I don't know who else was, but other than that, I thought it was a good good draft. The only thing we didn't get was, like I said when we were talking, we didn't move up to get Evans. I think that was a big mistake. If you wanted him and you said you you were targeting him, they had a first round grade on Mason Rudolph. That's what they're telling us. So at least Edmonds had to be. If they had a first round grade on on Edmonds, Edmonds was at least twenty seven on their board. Because Rudolph is a first round, so he's 28, and everything. That's all they give first round grades the top 28 players. I don't think they go past that. I might be wrong, but I'm almost positive on that. So other, I think it was a good draft. If Edmonds comes along, like the the way they're going to use him and everything with this sub package. Remember one thing: the Steelers didn't stop the run, and they didn't do anything in the draft except take Frazier to help that. And Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen, I don't think, is going to start, but he might. You know, Edmonds is not a run stopper to me, but, you know, we got the best run stopper as a free agent, Morgan Burnett. He is the best run stopping safety out there and everything. So we did well by getting him and everything like that. So that's that's where I am with the draft. I got you. Yeah, and I, I kind of I echo your thoughts for sure watching, and I was, I was – Playing poker on day two of the draft, and we, we had it on. I was ecstatic with the with the James Washington pick. I think we said on here before, in, you know, in our pre-draft shows, I was saying he was my favorite receiver in the class. So I, I said I, that I didn't mean that he was the best receiver in the class, but he was my favorite receiver to watch and my favorite receiver as far as fit for the Steelers went. So I was ecstatic. And then, of course, Washington, Washington I think I – on your Worked draft, up. you had us in Washington. A moment yeah, pause. Yeah, in my in my mock, oddly enough, I had Edmonds yeah. going in, in round three, um, also. But you know, we'll take him in one if we get Rudolph in three. I, I can live with that. I think I was texting you along with some other buddies during the the college season when he was playing that Oklahoma game. I was just saying, this is this is the quarterback I want. This is this is the guy I want. This was around the same time when we were still questioning if. Roethlisberger had it after that uh, Jaguars and Kansas City game and everything. So glad to have that. I think I'm a little bit 
You see I them too Razor, against uh, University of Pittsburgh. When yeah. uh, Mason oh, yeah. Rudolph and Washington were running up and down the field, you know, 70 yards, 80 yeah. yards, 90 yards passes and everything. That was the game I said, oh, would I like to get. And now we get both of them. You know, I'll take yeah, that trade. Science next year, we get James Washington. The only thing I don't like, he's not as good as blocker, like I said, as we want from a you know wide receiver. But he's he's the best deep guy. He doesn't slow sure. up. And that ball's here. And, and I was watching some of the passes Mason Rudolph was uh, throwing in OTAs. He not only throws a good long pass, but he throws it up there high. So Washington can run under it. I never, I've watched a lot of his games, and I never seen him like this. He was throwing them up high for them to go get him. And Washington is—I've never seen a wide receiver since John Stallworth. To me, I'm sorry, back to Stallworth that doesn't slow down on the deep pass. He keeps on running and he catches the long touchdowns. I know he's not the fastest. Maybe he runs a four-two, four-three, but he does not slow down. He keeps on going, runs it. He will run the ball down. I that's a I I think, that's a great point, I and I think point. I think all of us have seen having these really fast guys like like Sam Totes, you know, who infamous among Steelers fans for being extremely fast, but on those deep passes, you know, sometimes he would take the play off when he didn't think it was coming his way. And the ball would end up being, you know, five yards, ten yards away from him, or being picked off. Brian would sometimes do that. Also, he would also slow up. So it, I think that maybe have been something that they were looking for. Um, quick last thoughts. I disagree with you a little bit on Frazier. I think he's got a little clearer pass to the fifty-three. I think his job is just straight up beat Daniel McCullers, which shouldn't be that hard to do. And I think if, if Dunbar coached him, he obviously sees something. This guy was a five-star recruit out of high school uh, who just didn't get a ton of playing time um, behind a really, never really started. nice – Bama. No, but he's got to, he's got to look at the guys, who were, the guys who were playing in front of him, though. I, I mean, he had two first-round picks yeah. On, yeah, on that D-line from Alabama. So not hard to see why he couldn't get on the field as much. But, all right, let's we'll, we'll dive more into our rookies later on as we get going. Let's uh Matt, I'm gonna give the, the number NFL out again. Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the number out again because I want some callers. Three four seven eight five zero eight five eight one. You can call in and uh Matt said we can um you can text him or put a comment on the uh, behind the steel curtain uh our blog, I guess. You put the comments and we can see it from there too. So if you don't want to hear your voice Send us a little uh, email or text or Twitter or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, comment on the on the article that's up on Bond Hill Curtain. Don't text me. I don't want a bunch of random texts coming in from people. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but all right. Carrier pigeon. Right. Carrier pigeons would work maybe more complicated than text, though. So let's just keep it simple and either call in or leave a comment and keep the pigeons, you know, on your terrace, please. So moving right along, let's get to maybe the most significant news to come out this week. And it's, you know, one news that all of us as Steelers fans were dreading what happened with our team. Luckily it didn't. 
but maybe the most snake bitten organization in football has to be the LA Chargers. Um, and they lose another player in before the season starts, and that's a huge weapon in Hunter Henry. He tears his ACL, and he will be out for the year now. Just It was on the first day of OTA, no contact, just running down the field, tears his ACL, and this is a team that, you know, they let Antonio Gates go. Hunter Henry was, you know, up and coming, ready to really break out now that the role was all his this year. And now they don't really have much behind them. So I don't know what they're going to do. There have been some people talking about maybe having Mike Williams, the draft pick from last year, playing, you know, kind of a, a larger move tight end role, similar to what Evan Ingram does with the with the Giants. But that's just a devastating blow for the LA Chargers, who went through so many, you know, different players last year and the year before, of course, with Keenan Allen having his history, they're, they're, uh, was the first or second round pick for Lamp going down last year? Uh, Jason Verrett, you know, just all their guys. So hopefully, no more for them. We never like to see players go down before the season starts. We like to have everyone at their best. A um, couple more. Things I had to him get as to. a twelve fantasy tight end. Hunter Henry. Yeah, at, I thought he was gonna at twelve breakout season. Yeah, top twelve easily. Top, in the top four tight ends, yeah, I, I would think so. I would think in fantasy he would be in the top, I don't know, like five, I would have put behind you know, oh, yeah. like Gronk, Kelsey. I, um, I just put anyone I would in the first round because we have 12, 12 teams. So oh, I know I, I would pay – yeah, he would be one of my targets to put, you know, as a tight end one. I got you. I thought you meant like the, the 12th. I got you. So, moving right no. along, going through a little bit more at the tight end news. Packers signed former Jaguars tight end Mercedes Lewis to go up there. He's going to team with uh, Jimmy Graham up in Green Bay. And uh, the Packers have really quietly upgraded that tight end position. Remember, they had Cook a couple years ago. And now Jimmy Graham in an offense that could really use him, unlike the Seahawks, maybe he can get back to some of his old form. And Mercedes Lewis, a really nice tight end. That's a great one-two punch. That's one of the better tight end one-two punches in the league. As long as it can all mesh together, we've seen players brought together in free agency, and it just doesn't all click right away. Uh, last couple things. Reuben Foster is cleared and returned back to the 49ers. He had some offseason trouble with the justice system. He was accused of domestic violence by, I believe, his ex-girlfriend, at the time, and she then recanted her story and changed her uh, her statement on it, saying that he didn't do it. Uh, a lot of 49ers fans are, you know, kind of celebrating this and saying how, you know, they they knew you know, all along this didn't happen, but this just, I, I don't know. I, I would feel a little uncomfortable in that organization with him there. It's, I mean... Domestic violence situations are, are no simple thing. And like Lynch said before, if he had been found guilty, he would have been off the team in a heartbeat. So it's we'll, – we'll, we'll just have to keep an eye, and hopefully this is the last, you know, Reuben Foster any get, gets in any sort of trouble like that. And hopefully he didn't do it, and this isn't just the, the victim changing their mind. And, I'm glad uh, let's jump, and I 
Matt, I'm glad she loves him now, and I'm glad she loves money. Right. That is that is the thing <laughs> is that maybe people are saying maybe, you know, some under-the-table money so that he could continue yeah. his career and everything. But who knows? Hopefully it was all just some crazy mix-up and he, he didn't do this because that would, of course, be extremely troubling. Let's jump into the last thing before this gets very Steelers-relevant is Joe Flacco's comments on Lamar Jackson. It's it's funny how, you know, everyone, it's all over NFL Network, all over Behind the Steel Curtain, has been talking about Ben's comments on Mason Rudolph and, you know, kind of the, the disconnect between there, but there hasn't been as much between the, the Joe Flacco comments with Lamar Jackson. I think Flacco is feeling the pressure a lot more than Ben is from Rudolph, obviously with, with them taking the – Louisville quarterback in the first round, then being the Ravens. Flacco spoke to the media for the first time since the draft after he declined to speak um, immediately following the draft, saying that obviously when you pick a quarterback or any in the first round, it means something, saying I don't know what it means, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's not my job to worry about it. My job is to keep my approach exactly what it has been the last 10 years and help our team win football games there was also some other reports that he shot down about him having a grudge against Jackson and et cetera, et cetera. But Joe Flacco, not pleased, obviously, with uh, the team drafting his replacement. How long he can hold on to that job is up to him. And I don't know, Sabo, if you had to guess, does does Lamar Jackson make, make a start this year? Oh, positively. Uh, Joe Flacco was one of my favorite quarterbacks. He he played for Pitt for a while, and then he transferred up to Delaware. And I think Joe Flacco is done. I think his arm's shot. Uh, Lamar Jackson's going to be starting real fast. Here's the funny thing right now. Everyone drafted a quarterback in our division except Cincinnati. So going forward, we're going to have Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. Uh, we're going to have Baker Mayfield, well, could be, with Cleveland, and Mason Rudolph eventually. So that's that's what this division's going to look like in two, three, four years down the line. Cincinnati's going to still have Andy Dalton. That's okay for us, but, you know, they all drafted a quarterback right. this year. Right, and you have I to think, think, you know, the the Steelers thought that the Bengals would have taken Mason Rudolph because they traded up, and it was only in front of – they traded with the Seahawks, and it was only in, to get in front of Cincinnati because Cincinnati had those two picks. So they obviously thought the Bengals were going to take a shot at Rudolph, so they stole him away, and hopefully it works out for us. Uh, last thing – I think Lamar Jackson is going to make the biggest impact out of the quarterbacks that was drafted. Yeah. This year, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so let's get, you know, Steelers relevant here. Free agent, well, now free agent linebacker, Michael Kendricks, cut by the Philadelphia Eagles. He is someone who a lot of people have been writing about. Could the Steelers target him in a trade scenario? And now he is a free agent. Could this be something similar to what we saw with Joe Hayden last year? where there is a position of need and then a 
prominent name is cut and the Steelers bring them in to fill that need. It's, I was talking to a friend of mine who is an Eagles fan and was saying how Kendricks never really lived up to the hype there and he had some locker room antics that I hadn't heard about that ultimately is what got him kicked off the team. I hadn't heard anything about that, but apparently he was kind of a, a nuisance. But the guy's talent is, is undeniable, and I think if you bring him in with Bostic slash Williams, that shores up this linebacker court a lot better than Bostic Williams and Tyler Medikavich does. What are your thoughts on this, Say, Do you think they should do it? And what's your yep. what's your price range that you would go for Kendricks? Uh, he made 7.25. Uh, um, we have $8 million under the salary cap. Uh, a lot of linebackers made a lot of money, Avery Williamson, uh, in free agent this year. So as close right. as you can get to bringing him in at under $8 million and get rid of uh, Sensenbaugh, that will free up another, what, 2.5? So we have $10.5 million. Anything you can get under the eight million, so we'll go eight million, seven point two five, let's go seven five, seven six, something like that, maybe a three year deal. I'd take it in an instant because it makes your team so much better. I mean you got Bostick wow, you're, Bostick and Kendrick. You're higher you're higher than me on, on the price. Remember, I I believe Mike Mitchell is still the Steelers' highest-paid free agent ever, and that was about $5 million a year, um, five years, 25. So that, that would be a big jump for him to go up to eight. I think his number, if you if you brought him in, I think it would be more along the lines of, you know, four to five, like what Morgan Burnett signed. Then I, I don't know if they would jump all the way to eight. But if they wanted can, to get it no. done, they'd certainly – What did uh, Hayden get? What did Hayden get? Hayden? Oh, that's a good question. Hayden Let got me... more than Mitchell. Positive. Did he? All right, go, go ahead yeah. and keep giving your thoughts. Anything with Kendrick before. to make – Kendrick, as much as you can, get as close as you can, like I said, to seven, between seven and eight. I don't care. It's not my money. Your team – you're looking at it. We keep on saying the window. This would make us so much better. Williams would move to the third, the swing linebacker. Kenrick can pick. Kenrick is better than Bostic. So Kenrick would be. Okay, how much did Hayden make? Hayden signed a three-year $27 million with $7 million guaranteed. So he's making about nine a season. Yeah. So it's less than they paid for him. This makes your team... So much better. This is like getting a first or second round, an extra first or second round pick. You want to you want to play with the big boys, then you have to go after Kendrick. I don't think we will. I think the Giants are on, will go on him big. There's a lot of teams that need a linebacker, a middle linebacker. I would go after him uh, in an instant. Like I said, it's not my money. As close you can get to that seven to eight million range. He probably wants some guaranteed money. I didn't hear anything about he was bad in the locker room except for the money issue and everything like that. But for some reason, they got rid of him. We don't know what that is, but he makes your team so much better. 
instead of going into the season with Vince Williams and Boss. Well, let's put Bostic as one. Vince Williams is the second guy. Now you move Kenrick to your best inside linebacker, and Bostic is your second best. That's a nice defense now. He can tackle. Right, and yeah, Steelers and can't tackle. The one he makes them. The one thing I don't know about though is like we were saying before with with Terrell Edmonds, how we just don't know what their plan is with him. They could be sitting up comfortably right now, saying, you know, we expect Edmonds to be on the field, you know, more often than not, because we're all used to seeing Vince Williams sprint off the field on third downs, but they could be expecting to have Edmonds on the field, you know, the majority of the snaps playing that kind of hybrid linebacker safety role and say, we don't need to spend that money on a guy like Michael Kendricks, but I I have no idea what their plan for him is right now. So in a traditional base, which is all we can really look at it as right now, even though they play so much sub, you have to think Kendricks would be a, an upgrade over Williams or Bostic, but definitely alongside. Ed, uh, I think Edmonds right. is the is ready for this. They're going to try him a lot. He looked good in the OTAs. He was back there with um, um, Marcus Allen. They were communicating. Everything looked fine with them and everything. I just don't know how much he's going to be ready right off. Sure. The, you know. Sure. Right off the we jump. And so, so we play have so to, much Nick. I. Right. And, and Allen. Sure. Marcus Allen is another guy who could who could potentially play that same role. So I don't know that they could feel comfortable with what they have post draft in these. You know, like I was I was texting our editor Jeff earlier um, right after the draft saying I it looks like they couldn't get linebackers who could cover. So what they went and did is get safeties who can stop the run. And it looks to us on the outside like that is their plan, but we don't know. So if, if they can get Michael Kendricks, I'm all for it. But if not, then, you know, you just kind of have to trust the process and trust that they've got a plan. Cause if not, then, you know, if they don't have a plan, if they're scrambling, then you would expect them to go all out over this linebacker who's, you know, the best one to hit free agency. But, all right. Eventually, Edmonds and Marcus Allen are going to be your starters down the road. I don't know if it will be in the – it won't be this year, probably next year, probably two years away and everything like that before both of them start and everything. I'm I'm still not sold on Sean Davis. I'm sorry. He's he's not good enough to take on the Gronks of the world, the uh, Travis – the top flight Delta. tight ends, yeah, uh, he can't do it. He proved it. Gronk made him look silly. He's never gonna. He's never gonna be able to do it. Never, if he can't do it now, he's not gonna get that much better that he's gonna be able to cover the great tight ends. He's never gonna be able to cover uh, Greg Olson, and, you know, people like that. So he's not good enough. I'm sorry. I don't think he's gonna start this year, and I don't think. Here's another. I'm going to go with a shocker. I don't think Burns is going to start this year. Neither one of them has played that great. They're just not that good enough. I think Sutton showed them something. Sutton's going to be starting. If Burns wants to go into the nickel, no, he can't even go in the nickel because Hilton's better than him in coverage. The only way that Sean Davis and Burns are going to play are going to be in the dime. 
I think Sutton's going to take the job and start. I really do. I really think Sutton's going to beat Burns on, and I can't see Davis. You got Morgan Burnett. Edmonds might be good enough. I don't think, but I think Sean Davis has a better time, better chance of starting than Burns. Sutton's going to start over Burns, and the safety is going to come down to Morgan Burnett or it's either going to be Sean Davis, Edmonds. I don't think Marcus Allen's going to be good enough in coverage to be the starter and everything. So you're, you're between Sean Evans and Edmonds. One of them is going to be starting. And they might just throw Edmonds in there and say, you know, Morgan Burnett's going to erase a lot of big mistakes back there playing deep. You know, that Mitchell Mitchell just couldn't get over there. Mitchell starts saying, you know, I had a broken leg or whatever, his excuse and everything. He lost his step. You know, Edmonds is fast. Sean Davis is fast. But Sean Davis, to me, just isn't good enough. And neither is Burns. Unless they learn something, you know, since January going into February, I don't think either one of them is going to be starting. Davis has a better chance, but Burns, no way. Sutton's going to play better in him. He's a better cover guy. And I think Sutton's a better run stopper, and that's what we need because Burns does not. Unless Burns goes to safety, but he can't he, uh, he can't stop the run. <laughs> and he can't, he's not that great of a cover guy. Don't forget, so don't forget to take a breath in there, buddy. Don't, don't forget oh. to take a breath in there. We got you going on, on your and on your predictions. I'm going to disagree with Get you a, a bit. Remember they, remember they brought in a new defense, defensive back coach and Tom Bradley. It's not Carnell-like anymore. So he's gonna he's definitely going to work with these guys. I think it's way too early for the team or any of us to give up on Davis or Burns, who showed a lot. You know, and, and they're both their rookie years, respectively. Davis and Burns played well. They're both very young. Davis has moved from uh, slot, you know, nickelbacker to uh, safety to, you know, he's been, this is been moving to free safety this year. This is going to be his third position in three years. So hopefully settling in at one position will help him a little bit. Burns coming out, we knew he was super, super raw. Like the, the students were saying, they were getting him for his senior year. So, you know, hopefully he can he can you know get it together with the new coaching and play. I'm not I'm not ready to give up on on either of them, but it is nice to know that worst case scenario there is some good depth there with Sutton, with Brian Allen, with the uh, new draft pick Edmonds and Allen. So worst case scenario, so we'll see how it all plays out. But all worst case scenario, if you had to pick between both of them playing the same position, Burns or Davis, who would you go with? I know they what, don't play the position? position to start. Are we I don't care. Take corner or corner corner for Burns, safety for Davis. Who do you think has a better uh, is a better? Who I, who do I think is better at their position? Yeah, is what your you're position. Asking. Yeah. Uh, I would say I think Artie Burns is better at his position than I think Sean Davis played poorly last year. I think there was so many secondary breakdowns. It's hard to really tell, though. I mean, we all know the, the miscommunication that Mitchell. was on that field. Um, right, and we don't know how much of that was Mike Mitchell, how much of that was just play like the, the system. So it's hard to tell because some of those explosive plays, 
on Burns, it's hard to tell was that on him or was that not? And the same can be said for Davis. So I'm really looking yeah. forward to this year where communication is an emphasis uh, so early in OTAs. And, you know, these guys going into the third year, they can make that jump. So I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing what will happen. But to answer your question, remember you did make if, you did make a statement, and it is going to ring true. Tom Bradley is a teacher. He is probably right. the best teacher we've had in a long time with the Steelers. And if anyone can teach these guys the techniques and how to play defensive back, he's the guy. Maybe he can teach up Burns. I don't know if he's going to teach him up to be able to tackle. Sean Davis, all I'm going to be doing is the rest of my life, every time I see Sean Davis out there, I'm going to think him picking up Gronk. He can't do it. He can't pick up <laughs> who big can, tight ends. Who, who, who can pick up nope. Gronk and cover him successfully? It's hard. Well, it's hard to be too hard on Sean Davis. No one when pick I him Gronk. up, but no one looks like a bug and gets thrown off him in the end zone on a two-point conversion like he did. No one gets driven yeah. on the whole way of field, every play. If he makes the one play, the interception against New England, when he had the ball in his hands, they win. It's a difference. That's why I don't think he's good enough. Bad hands. He was supposed to have good hands. He didn't have – he had the chance to be a star, earn his money, and he didn't do it. And he's never going to be able to do it unless Bradley can teach him something that I, I don't see in the kid right now. Okay. I we'll see. It's definitely definitely something to watch. Definitely something to watch. I can tell you're passionate about this one. We're getting your your rants out early in the off season now. So definitely, you know, training camp there's always battles, you know, to keep an eye on, lots of, you know, new faces to watch. But the progression of these, you know, young players, young starters, um, is something that's also fun to watch. And that is something I wanted to jump on. So let's and we can do this a little later, but let's go ahead and jump on this now. Since we're talking about some of our young starters who you know, have been struggling and who you don't expect to make that jump. Give me one or two of these young guys who you do expect to make a jump, who you think are really going to bust out onto the scene and become difference makers. It can be either on defense or on offense. Okay, the number one, let's pick one and one. We're going to go with James Conner. He has to. Because I don't think Bell's going to be back until the 10th game of the season. He doesn't have to be. <laughs> James Conner has to step up. He's been looking good. He looks like his body's gotten bigger and everything. I hope he's not snake bit. I, I, don't, I hope he's not injured all the time. He has to make it big. Uh, tight ends, Vance McDonald. Oh, I gave you two. Okay. one, Just one offense. You, you took mine. One, <laughs> On defense, we already talked about Cam Sutton. I think Cam Sutton's going to make a big jump. They like something that he did. He can cover, which Burns can't, and everything. He can run stop, which Burns can't. Other than him, I see Chicolo making a, a big move. I think Chicolo. Really? Could, yes, I really think that he can be the run stopper. This is a team that cannot stop the run towards the end. Jacksonville went right down. Stuffed them, ran the ball right down. Chicklow's going to get more time. I don't know if Dupree's going to come out on some run stopping. I don't know if Watt's going to come. 
If you had to pick, who do you think is a better run stopper out of those two, Watt or Dupree? Uh, I think Dupree is better at setting the edge. Okay, but then let's go with Dupree being the starter and run stopping and Chicolo. Other guys we were talking Bradley. about, I think <laughs> McDonald is going to make a step up. Jesse James, Juju, Juju can hit a plateau. I don't care. He was fantastic there. Hargraves, I hope, gets more playing time than just, you know, a nose tackle like us. Watt's going to have to make another step up and everything. Maybe Vince Williams. If we pick up Kenricks, he's he's going to be the third guy. But that's a heck of a good third guy. So that's that's my guy. Right. I know I was only give you one on offense and one on defense, <laughs> but that's where I'm going. Connor hey, and Sutton. It's been a little, it's been a little while since we had a show, so it's all right to get everything out there. I I will just say that if if it is ever a time when Dupree, you know, forget James Harrison sitting on the sideline. If there's ever a time where Dupree and Chicolo are on the field and Watt is not just taking a breather, but he's, you know, missing snaps, the fan base is going to go absolutely crazy. So I think, you know, in they don't care two, about you know, the Watt... base. <laughs> Rooney's don't care about think... the fan base. Pomlin don't That's care true. about the fan base. They don't care. True. They get paid. They get paid to make the decisions, you know, that we can't make and everything. Whoever's the better player is going to play and everything. Um, Chicolo, if he can stop the run, is going to be playing a lot more. He's the only one that can stop the run from the outside. If you want to go with Dupree, fine. Dupree will be the other guy to set the edge and everything. Then your Watt on run stopping might not be in there. They don't care. that what They had Watt and Dupree in pass coverage last year like I – you know, you're just screaming. Why? Their pass rushers rush the passer. That's what they do. Don't have them drop. Maybe they couldn't drop and cover because you had Mitchell there. Okay, I'm calm down. You're up. <laughs> Sorry. You gotta you gotta take a sip. Crack open another beer, Sabo, and just just take take a breath. There. Ginger beer. But <laughs> ginger beer. Well, don't don't have yeah. any more of those then. Find something, find something a little better, <laughs> like an Iron City. But yeah. yeah, so all right, one and one for me. You left. I mean, the, the obvious two would be Watt and Juju. You know, in, in their second year, that's that's why I'm saying I, I expect Watt to be better against the run. Not not that he was awful last year, but you know, in another year in the weight room, another year in the system, it's natural to expect an improvement from him, really in all areas. But my one guy on offense. I'll start with Vance McDonald. I think he's, you know, just going back and watching, I was just watching his his highlights from this past year. He just offers you so much more than Jesse James is. This guy who, you know, his last game put up over 100 yards in the playoffs. If he can stay healthy, you know, he doesn't have the best hands in the world, but he's athletic and he can really offer this team something. He's, you know, some guy I'm going to try and target and be a sleeper in fantasy football if I don't get anyone early on because I think he can be an important part of this offense. On defense, that's I would, you know, you're hoping one of your two outside linebackers, or really you're hoping both of them take a step, being Dupree and Watt. Best case scenario would be for both of them to take a big jump and have a setup. But let's think. I'm, I'm honestly... 
I know we just kind of talked about it, but I'm honestly expecting um, a jump from, from Marty Burns heading into year three. He's the guy I want to watch. I know, you know, Antonio Brown, you know, raves about him. That They have their camp battles going back and forth. He's the only guy before Hayden came in who could match up with Brown on a consistent basis. So I'm hoping Tom Bradley is able to fix his tackling problems in the run and that he can, you know, kind of bounce back and have a nice solid year. So those are our two to jump into. Let's hey, move Matt, right I just along. thought along. What's up? Matt, you got a second? I just thought of yeah. something. Jesse James, that was a catch against New England. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to start you on a whole other rant here if we go into that one. <laughs> Might have to get a whole six-pack of ginger beers for that one. Let's table that. Three four right. seven eight five zero eight five eight one. We only got a how, how much longer, Matt? You can uh, see the clock better than I. We're going to try and shut it down within within about twenty or so. Um, we'll try we'll try and wrap it up. There are a few more things we want to touch on, real quick. Let's uh, just let everyone know because I don't know if it's really been out there that much. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster not practicing in OTAs so far this week. He has been in the facility. Uh, this is according this is from Penn Live according to now I'm blanking on this guy's name. I will find it. Um oh Jacob Kingler from, from Penn Live. Engler. So he Engler. is yes. So he's in the facility. We're guessing he has some sort of a stinger or something. If it was more serious you would think we would know. Uh, you know, as much of social media as Juju's on. But he hasn't practiced yet. He's in the building. Expect him to be good to go for training camp. Shouldn't be anything serious. But so far, if you're scrolling through Steelers.com, looking at those pictures, that's why you haven't seen Juju on there. Uh, Want to get your thoughts on A.B.'s comments about, you know, Le'Veon Bell and his contract situation. Because I was texting with some buddies of mine. And how much differently would you look at this situation if Bell keep keep his numbers, keep his asking price and everything the same, but if he was handling this like Brown did and he was showing up to every OTA, every training camp, not a single holdout, would you be more inclined to say, you know what, just just pay it. Like, you know, this guy is all in, he wants to be here, or does that not make a difference to you? I don't think the kid could ever keep his mouth shut and do anything right. You know, um, he thinks everyone's against him. Um, A.B. is a professional because of his work ethic, and he comes in. Bell is not a professional. He thinks he's a rapper. Well, go ahead and rap and everything. He wants $17 million. Now, yep. do you know who makes $17 million? Uh, Brown? Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell is not Antonio Brown, okay? Right now, I can understand what the kid's saying. He's the 47th. If he signs his um, offer sheet, he's the 47th highest paid uh, football player. Now, he would make more money than Watt, and he is not as good as Watt. And everything. JJ Watt. He does not. Yeah, yeah, the Houston guy. Sorry, 
and everything. So right now he's the 47th highest paid. By him getting 17, he would move up to 27th. Okay? Now, what is the deal on running backs right now? Who's the who's the second highest? $8 million, Freeman. Uh, Devontae Freeman, yeah. And then LaShawn McCoy, right? $8 million, Shady McCoy. Then you drop to some uh, – McKinnon gets $7 million. There's a couple with $6 million. Okay, so he's getting double, almost double with the other, the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth running back. He don't deserve it, but, you know, by him asking 17, he's also saying that he's good as A.B., and he's not, just because of the way he is. If he, if he wants to be a rapper, maybe he can make $17 million a year. He, there's no way. I heard that last song he did. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather listen to classical music have... than that, <laughs> or even country. No, country's better. His country over classical. He's, I would say his, his raps do There's... tend to all. His, his raps do tend to all kind of have that same rhythm, same kind of. There's not a lot of. Yeah. Everyone's uh, it, against me. Not... They're targeting the, right. the Steeler. Don't like me. Uh, I, I I didn't really smoke that much dope. It wasn't my fault. Blunt put the <laughs> dope in my throat. Whatever he's saying, you know, it, he'd be is, a better this country. Is the, this this is the grumpy Sabo podcast we've got going on here. So Sabo's not happy with with the state of the Steelers, with the state of the Steelers. It looks like, but I I think yeah, I think seventeen is outrageous at, at that. I would let him walk. You know, they offered him 12 last year. You got to think they're not going to touch anything over 15 because it's just they don't – the Steelers do not set the market for positions. They they just don't do it. They'll let you play out your contract, and, you know, they'll give you all your guaranteed money and everything, but they do not set new, you know, standards at the position. So It's not the Steelers, I, you know, Matt. It's not the Steelers don't set the market. They don't let someone tell them – what he thinks he should get and set the market. They're not right. letting Bell why, tell them. Right. Okay, if they're offering him fourteen million, about. he wants seventeen, then come you know, let's go halfway, let's give you you know, maybe, maybe that works. But you can't tell him I'm I want seventeen million. Rooney's don't work that way. You know, we'll give you we'll give you fourteen well no fourteen million sixteen uh fifteen point five and we'll let you do a rap uh, song uh, at the beginning of the first game of the season. You can get out there and do your thing and everything like this. I don't wait, know how many wait, albums. Wait, 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 if if he does that, are, are you going to stand for it? A rap song? <laughs> are, are, are you, are you going to stand up for that? Because no, I don't want to face any fines. I don't even know. The only rap rapper I know is Will Smith or uh, who's that <laughs> guy that's Beyonce, Jay-Z. That's the only two rappers oh, I know. And I, them got I, killed. I make you... Whoever was in that movie, uh, uh, the, uh, Straight Outta Compton, uh, that, that's it. That's only Will Smith. Will Smith, the Straight Outta Compton guy and Jay-Z. <laughs> the only reason I know Jay-Z because he's married to Beyonce. That, that's oh, not man. my type gotta... of music. 
I got to make okay, you a sorry. CD or something. That's that's just depressing. <laughs> Will Smith and, and straight out of comedy guy. All right. Um, but yeah, that's why that's why when we're talking about guys, we hope we that step up and guys we expect to step up. James Conner, if he can do that, that would make this whole Le'Veon Bell situation so much less of a big deal. But he's got a lot to prove, um, a lot to show because you know. As much as Le'Veon Bell is asking for, and you know, as much as we're tired of all the antics, he is a heck of a ball player and definite difference maker. Yep. Last thing I want to touch on before we get out of here, uh, I had someone email me asking me this question, so I definitely wanted to touch on it on the podcast before we close it out. Is which rookie give me just the top rookie you expect to uh, make the biggest impact? This year, you can give me you can give me two, but definitely give me the top guy you expect to make an impact year one. Not necessarily on the stat sheet, but as far as making a difference in the game, making a difference in this season. Who do you expect it to be? James Washington. He's going to be your third wide receiver. Um, do, do, do. And Samuels is going to get a couple touches just because he can do so many things. Samuels would be my second pick then. I got you. It's hard to argue with James Washington, and that's what I emailed him back. Washington is definitely going to, and his pick was Samuels, actually. He thought Samuels would make the biggest impact. But Washington's going to be your You're going to try to force-feed Edmund. Yes. Maybe it will work, but I don't think. Right. Washington's going to be your number three receiver from day one. He's going to be your primary deep threat, you know, outside of A.B. It's it's going to be interesting. They're going to move all these guys around, Juju in the slot, A.B. in the slot, and just kind of let it rip. It's going to be really, really fun to watch uh, what Washington does in the league. So I think as far as stat-wise, I would say Washington, but I think Edmonds has a chance on a game-for-game basis to make the impact. If they do, let's say they don't bring in a Kendricks or another linebacker, then that means Edmonds is going to see the field, you know, a lot. Yeah. A lot of, of the time, packages. and and going back and just you know this past week I was rewatching that Jacksonville playoff game, watching guys like L.J. Fort try and tackle these running backs you know on these little um, out passes in the backfield, they just they just can't get it and it's like third and six, and L.J. Fort is just clipping his heels as he's running down, um, so instead of a tackle for a loss, they go and they convert and they go down and score. So guys like Sean Spence, L.J. Fort. If you put Edmonds in that situation instead, you know, with that speed yeah, and that athleticism, you got to think that makes – yeah, that makes a difference. So if every situation where you're going to have – L- Right. That's, so that's, if hey, you, Yeah. So if you're telling me hey, that any time you have support in there – You can give me the last two minutes or i got to talk about one thing that's personal. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I was, okay. I was just going to say um, – Go go ahead with that. Okay. We have um, a place called Gus and Yaya's. They do uh, ice balls. They're right near the stadium and everything. They're on a little down. Uh, their business has gone down about 50%. The reason for that, they closed the bridge near the aviary where this ice ball, they, they make ice balls. If you ever gone to a pirate game, Steeler game, anything like that, you've seen him. He's been there for – he's just, he was good friends with Mr. Rooney. They went to school together. They got ice balls there, uh, peanuts, fresh peanuts he makes right on the plate, uh, 
right at the place and popcorn. Uh, if you go to a game, even a pirate game, probably not listening if you're a pirate game. If you go to a Steeler game, stop over and try to help them because they got this bridge. It's going to be closed for two years, and a man's like in his mid-80s now. Just stop, buy something off him. The other thing I want to talk about, I almost had my first heart attack of my life. I was listening to Jim Wexel, who I really think is a good writer and good sportscaster here. He was talking about the 1983 draft because uh, it's coming up on the anniversary when Gabe Rivera um, got drafted and had that horrific accident. And he was saying that the Steelers would have not have picked Danny Marino. He didn't think they would have put, picked Danny Marino in the second round because they wanted a wide receiver because Lynn Swan was retiring. They picked a guy by, wow. Wayne, by Wayne Capers. Now, I almost died. Here is one of the most respected <laughs> sports guys in the city can make a statement like that, and I, I just couldn't believe it. You know, It was between Gabe Rivera and, and Danny Marino, and now he's going to say if the Steelers came in the second round, they wouldn't, there's a good possibility they wouldn't have picked Marino. I said, how could you possibly make a statement like that? Um, you should be taken off the air. You should have your pen taken away from you so you can't write. Your, I guess they don't use typewriters anymore. Your computer, your personal computer and everything. You just can't make a statement like that. You know, I respect the man. If he wants to sit down and have a, a toddy with me, some kind of rum and coke or something, I'll talk to you any day and everything. Uh, if you want to go farther, I'll go I, – I just can't believe he makes a statement like that. I wouldn't even make make a statement like that, and I hope um, none of my relatives, my young relatives, would make a statement like that and everything. You, you just you just can't do that. And I'm going to sit back and just you know, I don't know what happened. I don't I don't know how you could make a statement like that. Out of all the things that have gone on, I love the draft. Out of all the things I've ever heard about the draft, that was the most idiotic statement I've ever heard in my life. That's it. Back to you, Matt. Get us out of here. I'm, I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> all right, man. This is well. This will do it for for uh, this edition of the Grumpy Sabo podcast. And and who knows what which Sabo we'll get next time. But all right, we had some some good rants, some good Sabo uh, talk. Good to get back at it. And we're going to try and, you know, if any prevalent Steelers info comes along, of course, we're going to try and get one uh, episode in. But as we hit that dead period um, in the league, we will kind of go back uh, and and wait for training camp. And then once training camp and the season comes along, then, of course, we'll get back in our routine of once a week, usually Fridays or Saturdays for our shows. So keep an ear out, keep an eye on Behind the Steel Curtain. And that'll do it for Matt and Sabo. Thanks for listening to the Black and Gold NFL Recap. See you all next time. Okay, thanks, Matt. Thanks, listener. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. 
or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Smart.